...news with acknowledged experts will add nothing of interest to the copy, and references to Othello and Ophelia, Hymen and Antigone, the works of Emile Durkheim and David Hume, will make them appear not so much learned as desperate. It is the tabloid writers who will be happiest, seasoning the facts with amateur psychological profiling, coarse conjecture, and simple alliterative blasts of moral condemnation as they pull together lurid account after lurid account. Not wanting to know much beyond the basics, most people will only read around the edges of these articles. Looking at the photographs, they will begin, but no more, to imagine what must have been happening behind the eyes that sometimes stare back at them, and sometimes scowl, but more often than not, smile. At no stage will an editor allow an article to reach the press unless somewhere the people such as the one huddling behind the large display board are described as having been like moths. To a flame. But if this place is a flame, it is a cold one. Even on a night like this, the warmth has not penetrated the thick walls, and a wintry chill still pervades the building. The last drunk of the night passes in the street, singing a song from generations ago, learned in childhood, and never forgotten. Frida, oh Frida, will you still be mine? when I am back from the war with a patch on my eye. It is supposed to be sung as a duet, but the drunk takes the woman's part too, a squawking, quavering parody of the female voice, as she tells him that, yes, of course she will still love him, even though he has lost an eye. Frida, oh Frida, will you still be mine, when I am back from the war with my left arm torn off to the shoulder? The shrieking Frida tells him again that she will still love him, at which point he reveals yet another body part lost on the battlefield. Just as Frida is telling him she will still love him, in spite of his right foot having been amputated after becoming gangrenous in a man-trap, the drunk takes a turning, and the words become indistinct. Everybody who has heard him knows the song, and how it finishes. The soldier continues to break news to Frida about further losses of body parts until there is almost nothing left for her to love, and she tells him that she will still be his, no matter what. It is a simple song of true love. Perhaps that is why it has remained so popular, and why, even when sung by a drunk late at night, no reports are made of his antisocial behaviour. The moth, huddling in the darkness, knows it to be a lie but it is too late for anger. Let them believe that if they want to. After all, they are only taking comfort, and who can blame them? For me, though, it is too late for comfort. The voice fades and fades, and soon it is gone altogether. At ten past three, the old man jolts awake at the sharp smack of wood on wood from one of the rooms below. He sits up and listens for any further disturbance, but none occurs. He sets his alarm for five, then lies back and closes his eyes. He knows the sound, and that it can be dealt with later on. His mouth falls open, and once again his breathing fills the room, beginning as a light wheeze, then escalating into a rattle, the inhalations and exhalations at a pitch so indistinguishable that it seems like a single undulating drone. A fat house spider crawls across the sheet, clear against the bright white. It steps onto the sleeve of his nightshirt, where it lingers for a while, before scuttling up to his neck.
The moment the first of the eight dark brown legs touches the old man's cold skin, he wakes once again. He does not move, but the rattle stops dead and his breathing becomes soft and shallow. The spider sprints to his cheek where it remains still for a moment before moving towards his mouth, which has remained open. It stops again as if considering its next move, and then, with an agility bordering on grace, it darts into the chasm. The old man's mouth shuts and the spider races around trying to make its way out, but there is no escape from the thin grey tongue that pushes it first into his cheek and then between his back teeth. After some final desperate flailing, the spider is crunched into a gritty paste, and the tongue moves around the old man's teeth, collecting stray pieces. His breathing slows, and he swallows the final trace.